seven today. And I'm here with Sonia Azam. Sonia, welcome to the show. Hello, Jan. Nice to be here. Good to have you. Hopefully it's broadcasting. Is it going to broadcast? Good grief. Hopefully. Well, it's supposed to be broadcasting. Now, there it goes. We are broadcasting. Perfect. All right. So, uh, you know, you had reached out to me, what, about three weeks ago, I think. And um, you had seen the uh, parts of the series that I was doing with Lloyd. I think you had also seen my interview with uh, Pastor Christopher Manti. And, Correct. And yeah. uh, so it's... You had, you had reached out saying you would like to talk to me. And uh, anyway, it's uh, good to talk to you. We ended up speaking on the phone a couple of times, and I invited you on the show as uh, basically, to put it bluntly, an Islamic apostate. And uh, so we, we titled the show On <laughs> Leaving Islam. I'm sure that'll get a rise out of plenty of people, right? And uh, so, you know... Uh, Good to have you here. It's, you know, as a former Muslim who is, you were actually researching a lot of the things that Lloyd and I had discussed in our series, and you had come across, the, or you had come to these same conclusions on your own, and so when you saw our work, you were, you know, excited yeah. because it wasn't just you in an echo chamber, it was somebody else saying the exact same things. Yeah, it was remarkable, actually. I thought my eyes were going to pop out of my head. It was um, it was very refreshing, in fact, to see that content that both of you had put out. And, um, yeah, I didn't feel so alone on, on my own analysis and research and little old me. Um, but there you go. Lo and behold, you've done, you've done your homework, I have to say. Well, thank you. And you left Islam in uh, 2001, correct? Yes. And so, and then did you immediately become a Christian when you left Islam, or was it a process of unfoldment? It was um, me discovering, or how to put it, the Lord showing me, revealing himself to me while I was a Muslim. And it was a journey, and it was something that I wasn't anticipating, to be honest. I just wanted to find out more about the Lord and God, Allah, it's really weird now thinking back, like as a Muslim, how I would think about God. But it was a it was a wonderful journey. And it was eventually when I realized that Jesus Christ died on the cross, specifically for the sins of the world, which Islam never explained. It actually denies that. It denies historical facts. Um, but afterward, it was something that I was really looking into a lot more and just so thankful, so grateful that he showed me. And, and that's our God, you know, he's always looking for a heart that is genuinely, sincerely seeking him and not to, um, not looking for holes necessarily, but generally seeking God. And um, that's what he did with me and he's doing with many, many Muslims around the world. And uh, so you had grown up in England as a Muslim, and then you left England, and you live in Southern California now. Yes. And that was kind of a, a process. And, and your, do, do your family, do most of them know that you're a Christian now? Yes, the whole family uh, found out within a few months of me secretly believing in Jesus when I was living at home in 2001. Um, it was, in fact, that following year... Um, well, in the next coming months in December, when they all found out, it actually just came out in the open and it wasn't planned. That's not how I would have liked to have, you know, them to find out, but it happened the way it happened and I had to leave home. So were, for were, five years, were you, lived... were you under threat when you came out? Yes. Yeah. I was, I was in hiding for a while. It was hilarious now when I think about it, but I was absolutely terrified at the time. Um, and just for members of the audience who don't know, if you're in Islam, if you're an apostate, they're supposed to kill you. Yeah. So, so and and so your family was technically supposed to kill you for, for leaving Islam. Yeah, they had, they've received a lot of pressure from the community. Now, in, in England, London, UK, the Islamic community is very much um, sort of influential 
within the family context within Islamic community, if that makes any sense. So my, my parents were under a lot of pressure for my relatives, the community. It was very much, you know, keep it hush, hush. There's a possibility she might change her mind. We could get her married off to Muslim and nobody needs to know about this. It was really unprecedented. I had no idea. I was very naive, to be honest. When I began believing in the Lord Jesus, it was very much a personal thing. And I was trying to find out a way of keeping it secret, thinking, oh, this will be all right. You know, nobody needs to know. But of course, if you remember the words of Jesus, they're very clear that when you confess him before men, he will confess us before men. And it's very much um, a narrow path. I was beginning to find out quite a lonely path as well. But um, he's so good. And whatever happened, happened for a reason. And I wouldn't change it for anything. Now, uh, in your in your process of waking up to Logos, um, what what were you going through specifically? Like, were you you were researching or, you know, because, you know, obviously you were in England, but in, in most Islamic countries, the Bible is outlawed. And thank you, uh, Seeking Truth in Christ. He, he's also asking, why is Islam portrayed a religion of peace? And the answer to that is because uh, Islam, uh, when in Islam, 51% of the Quran is about killing and subjugating all non-believers. And so when they've either killed off or subjugated all non-believers, all of the demi, then the world will be at peace. So this is why it's the religion of peace, because they're going to commit war until everybody's either dead or subjugated. Yeah. Sadly, not many people are aware of this. And I think this could be also true for many Muslims who are with, within the actual religion. They're not very well versed on their own Islamic texts. They learn all the prayers in Arabic. They read the Quran in Arabic. It's like an Arabization of this religion that you're not really aware of. I didn't know half the things that I know now when I was a Muslim. You know, so many people leave Islam after discovering the very shocking content within the Quran alone, and then they leave and they become apostate, they become atheists, you know, they're not sure. But for me, it was literally very much pretty innocent journey. But afterward, having come out, I, I was forced to have to understand why is there so much hostility? Where's this really coming from? You see, so I wasn't very well versed in Islam. And, you know, you will have Muslims say to me, you never were a Muslim. So, you know, you can't say that you're an ex-Muslim. It doesn't matter because there are many Muslims out there, even imams, sheikhs who leave Islam and they believe in Jesus Christ. So it doesn't matter how much knowledge, how much understanding we have to them. It's your apostate, your apostate. But um, it's, it's something that is, it's a problem within the community. My family are still Muslim. So I'm very mindful when I talk about Islam, I'm not painting Muslims with the same brush, but we have to look at this religion, which is really, to be honest, a political ideology. We really need well to said. examine it That's and correct. expose it for what it is. You know, all this nonsense about it's a religion of peace actually must have been coined in the West it's unheard of in the Middle East. Well, you know, UNESCO just a couple of weeks ago announced that uh, Islam was the world's most peaceful religion, if you can believe that. You know, and it's like, okay, so Muhammad was a pedophile. You know, Aisha was six years old when they got married. He fornicated with her at age nine. He murdered upwards of 3,000 people or more himself. Um, and you know, there is in Islam, it's okay to, to beat your wife, et cetera. Whereas in Christianity, you're supposed to treat your wife as your, as yourself. Jesus didn't kill anyone. Jesus, uh, is logos incarnate or truth incarnate and, and there to show you the proper way to live in truth. Whereas Islam is all about will do what thou wilt is the whole of the law. And Baphomet is another name for Muhammad, which is Satanism. But the whole of Islam is actually Muhammad's will, you know. So he put that will out there when he started the religion as force upon every other group to subjugate and kill them. You know, you either, you're going to either die or you're going to become Muslim. So it's all the will of the psychopath. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, 
Yeah, very much so. And again, let's say from a female point of view, a female ex-Muslim, a lot of Muslim women don't understand this person, this man, Muhammad, was very much a misogynist. They're told what to believe about him. I wouldn't trust, if I had a daughter, I would not trust my own child with a man like that. It's that serious. And I think this portrayal or this new makeover that the West is giving Islam is very much, it's a dangerous thing. And I believe this is a part of um, a more sinister agenda. I can't absolutely say that, but there is, you know, certain evidence to suggest there is um, an element of truth to this because the way it's been portrayed, I don't know, let's say post 9-11, it's just, it's a completely different thing now. Even though the threat was there, it's always been there. Islam has declared war. It's declared war in the West. And what are we doing? We're appeasing, appeasing and appeasing. And, it, you know, it's ridiculous. And it takes people like me to come out and say, no, I was there. I understand. I'm not an expert per se in the Quranic Sharia with the Sira, but I know that I was one. I was a Muslim and I do understand that behind closed doors is a different language. It's a different discussion you're having amongst Muslims. It's true. It's not made up. Well, talk about Takia and the, the Muslims, essential, essentially their requirement to lie to non-believers. Would you talk about that? It's very much, again, most Muslims, I would say, are not completely aware of this. And I would say I put it down to either naivety or purposely being deceitful. There is this rule, Takia, and it's, it's basically to further the um, the spread of Islam. It's like, um, it's part of Dawah, if you like, how we would evangelize, but it's for the goal of Islam. And it's, it's, it's in a way, it's very effective. It's been very effective. You know, they can lie or not, or give half, half truths in order to propagate the religion for the goal of Islam. You know, it is very much a dominant or let's say a domineering system and if we're not aware of this and you know what makes it hard is that most of us have got neighbors that are muslim and absolutely fine they're lovely they just want to get on with life you know but what i'm concerned about is that there are those elements within our communities now i'm talking about the west we know them what mess is going on in the middle east we do have these people that are i don't know you can talk about sleeper cells these lone rangers they are there, they're present. And it won't take a lot for them to get really upset and cause a lot of havoc. So I'm concerned about those things. Well, That's you know, why we in my, in my series with Islam, we went through and showed their five-step plan, in fact, to, uh, you know, take over and, you know, to, to cause their, their jihad. So it's it's definitely there, and it's not just sleeper cells. You know, in fact, and most people don't realize that in mm -hmm. Islam, the the good Muslims are the ones who want to kill the non-believers and who don't get along with the non-believers. The bad yeah. Muslims are the ones who get along with their non-Muslim neighbors, etc. Those are they're the hypocrites, right? They're, yeah. they're considered the apostates, etc. You know, and most people don't realize that you know, oh, well, those are just bad extremist Muslims. No, those are actually the good Muslims. You know, the bad ones would be like before you left Islam and when you started questioning, those would be the bad ones, the, the you know, the ones who get along with Christians, etc. You know, but one thing, and we were talking about the Talmud in, in one of our phone conversations, and, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to show this on screen here. I've been going through these Talmud quotes, and, you know, I... I People still, for whatever reason, believe this stuff is true, and they believe that there's a secret version of the Talmud. And you had used a safari as well. But, you know, there are all these uh, quotes out there against the Jews, like Abadah uh, Zarah, 22A, 22B, Gentiles prefer sex with cows. And you can pull this stuff up, but what people will do is they'll take one single line or paragraph out of the Talmud and they'll quote that and then they'll omit all of the surrounding discussion that actually debunks these things. But interestingly, it took me two days. So I went through the Talmud for two months trying to 
verify these quotes, and they're mostly spread by the KKK and neo-Nazis. But it took me two months to go through these and to fact-check them, and out of 70 that I fact-checked, only one was correct. And so that's, you know, uh, 90... 98.3% point, are false, and 1.6% were accurate. But the interesting thing was is it took me two days to verify 70, uh, 70 plus, 75% of these in Islam. And no one is getting upset about 75% of these being accurate in Islam. And they'll say, well, the Talmud is the most evil book ever written, but they won't go through and, you know, actually verify that. And they don't get upset at all about these same things being found in the Quran and the uh, Tisphere and, uh, you know, in, in these other books. So here's another one. Uh, Even the best of Gentiles should be killed. And it was false. And then, you know, additional refutations. You can go through, you can, you know, here, I'll just pull this up really quick. I've showed this on screen a, a few times before. But um, you can pull these up in the Talmud. And for those of you, they'll say, oh, well, you know, you can't trust the translation there. So here's what you do. You go right here to the translation, and then you right-click it. If you use your, Google, uh, your Chrome browser, you can just open it up right there and see how Chrome translates it. So you can compare it to the translation here. But going through all of these they all ended up false. But, you know, so I started checking the Islamic texts, and it took me no time to verify about 75% of them. So, you know, so this one is even the best of Gentiles should be killed. Well, in Islam, uh, when you counter kafirs or non-believers on the battlefield, cut off their heads until you have thoroughly defeated them, and then take the prisoners and tie them up, uh, and tie them up firmly. And then they plot and scheme against you, Muhammad, and I plot and scheme against them. Therefore, deal calmly with the kafirs and leave them alone for a while. They, the kafirs, will be cursed, and wherever they are found, they will be seized and murdered. Okay, this is right out of the Quran, folks. But, you know, if you say that, you know... It, They'll, they'll ignore the ones that we can easily find in the Islamic text, and then they'll cite these, these fake ones in the Talmud and then say that this is proof and condemnation that all the Jews, everything that they believe is true. Here's another one. Gentile girls are in a state of nada, nada or filth from birth, and then it's false, and you can see how they'll cite one line, and then they'll take it out of context and, uh, you know, it's you can, but what happens is they every single time they do this, they omit all of the surrounding conversation. So one rabbi will make a statement and it's a it's a debate. It's a conversation. And then the other rabbis will jump in and say, well, no, this isn't correct because 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 because. And then they have a conclusion at the end. And another one. A genteel girl who is three years in a day can be violated. This is false. And in, throughout the Talmud, they talk about uh, how women have rights, women have rights of marriage, etc. What this was about was about dowry. And uh, if a woman who was molested as a little girl, if she can get a full dowry as an adult. And so if it was before three years in a day, she can. If it's after three years in a day, she only gets a half a dowry. And then, but these can be easily found in Islam. And here's a bunch of the Islamic texts citing these. You know, uh, here's one of these psychopaths. It is not permissible to have sexual intercourse with one's wife before she reaches nine years of age, be it in nikah, per, uh, permanent marriage, or in muta, temporary marriage. And muta is what they do when they want to go have a prostitute. They'll sign a, a marriage contract that lasts for three hours or whatever, and then they have... Uh, intercourse, and then the marriage is over. So this is how they get around, uh, 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 you know, uh, prostitution and stuff like that. As for all other ple pleasures, such as lustful touch, embracing, and thighing, i.e. rubbing the penis between the thighs, there is no problem in it, even if she is a suckling baby. 
Okay, so for those of you who want to look this up, let's pull that citation up there. And sorry, I'll pass this back to you here in just a second. But, you know, this stuff can be easily found online in the Islamic texts. And people can go through and they can read this and they can pull up their, their Chrome browser and Google Translate and they can find these texts very easily. So why doesn't anyone get upset over all of this stuff being easily found in the Quran and having to be faked in the Jewish Talmud? The vessels of the Gentiles, do they not impart a worsened flavor found uh, uh, flavor to the food cooked in them? And then this was false, and it goes through a whole explanation. But again, you'll have one of these uh, neo-Nazi or KKK idiots, and they'll cite one little line out of it, and then they omit the rest of the conversation. And then uh, you have compare Islam here. If the food that is served is halal, lawful is permitted to eat with the kafir, especially when necessary, as if he is a guest. And with the intention of calling them to Islam and the like, along with hating them for the sake of Allah. Okay, so you're allowed to eat halal food with non-believers for the sake of calling them to Islam, as long as you hate them. So this is the, the you know the spiritualness, but uh, of the of of Islam. But they have to make up all of these lies to spread against the Talmud, you know. And I got into a conversation earlier today with somebody, and, you know, they were too old to change their opinion. They had a, you know, the Talmud that they had never read. And I'm like, well, you know, what about these quotes? I've shown all of these false. And she just absolutely went berserk. And she's a famous researcher. I'm not going to mention her name, but I was pretty shocked at her behavior. And she, she told me straight up she wasn't interested in changing her opinion if all of those quotes were fake, you know, but I, I literally, you know, I'll, I'll just, just scroll through some of these on screen here so people can pause and, and check them if they want. Uh, but each of these, you know, they turned out false. So there's, you know, there's 10 of the 60, 11 or, or 70, excuse me. But yeah, people just pause and you can read through these so that you can see for yourself and sh and see how these were all faked. Anyway, back to you, Sonia. Sorry about that. Oh, no, absolutely. That's fine. I was just the other day, I was looking up. I can't remember the number now. Oh, goodness. It was, you know, like you say, there, there are these memes that are put out with the particular select verse from the Talmud. And, oh, for the life of me, I can't remember. It was regarding Jesus, of course, and it was something derogatory. And it was Sanhedrin 106a. That's it. But I didn't realize it's a very long section of literature and you having to read this whole thing. And then finally you find where they picked this particular verse out. And it weren't even Jesus. It's some, somebody called Balaam. <laughs> and they said, no, the thing, this is the argument. No, this is code. This is code word for Jesus. You see, this is how evil they are. This is what they... And, you know, it's just shocking that I'm, I'm hearing a lot of this rhetoric coming from supposed Christian truther channels. And as a former Muslim, I'm like, I'm used to hearing this kind of thing from that camp over there. What is going on here? This is unacceptable. What is happening? I mean, these are enlightened, awoke people, and yet they've got the same narrative. So I'm thinking, again, this is a sinister agenda here. It's like they, they need to find this scapegoat and they have chosen the most scapegoated people in history, of right, course. Right, Who's behind it? What spirit Well, and they'll say, it? well, the Jews killed Jesus. Okay, well, Jesus was a Jew also. So, of course, they omit that last part, you know. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. constantly it's okay for them to blame the Jews for this stuff. But why did it take me two months to show that all but one of those was false, and it took me two days to find 75% of those same claims in Islam, you know, and then they were totally dismissed. And I've never been attacked as much on this show as since I started the series with Lloyd last January and exposing Islam. That is the most 
flack I've gotten. I was called a Jew, a, you know, I'm Danish and Welsh and I'm a Christian. And automatically you're a Jew, you're a Mossad agent, you're a CIA agent. Uh, I had all manner of lies spread about me in order to try to discredit me in anything that I said uh, for exposing this stuff. You know, and because I used to believe just like you, I used to believe a lot of those statements about uh, the Talmud and about the Jews. And then, you know, and it's like they, they make the broadest statement of the Jews. Well, are they atheists? Are they uh, Sephardic Jews? Are they Sabbatean Jews? Sab- Sabbatean Jews are actually crypto-Muslims, and this is always omitted from the facts, right? And so, you know, but they'll say the Jews, and it's like, well, when you read the Old Testament and the Talmud, for that matter— you see what the Jews are supposed to believe, and then you see what these other people do. So it's like an atheist who puts out pornography. They'll say, well, his last name is Goldstein, so he's a Jew, you know, yeah. even though he's an atheist, right? Even though he doesn't believe in the Old Testament or the Talmud, but that's evidence that all Jews are guilty of of pornography. And never mind that, like, Hugh Hefner was, you know, was not Jewish, that What's his name from Playboy wasn't Jewish. You know, they only pick the ones that fit the narrative and they omit any others. Oh, well, you know, people behind Hugh Hefner were Jews. So therefore, the whole thing is a Jewish conspiracy, you know, or people that worked at Playboy, you know. So, you know, and it's like, okay, well, let's define a Jew. And then you look at Revelation 3, 9, those who say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. I'm I'm misquoting it a little bit, but... Why are we blaming people who pretend to be Jews and do these things? Why do we blame them for being Jews themselves, you know? Right, right. But again, it's very, it's, the, it's sort of the easy way out, you know? Why, why not just join everyone and and label them with the same sort of horrible accusations? It's slander, isn't it? It's not right. And it's, it's not something that is... Um, it, it shouldn't be associated with people who believe in Jesus. I just find it, these people not reading the word of God, you know, in its context. Um, and not only that, there is, I mean, the Middle East is just so anti-Semitic. But wherever you see this anti-Semitism, you'll always find uh, a hostility towards the gospel. They go hand in hand. So we've got to ask ourselves, you know, they thinking that, we can just scapegoat these people but you know i would i would urge caution because the same people who are against the zionist state are going to come for the christians as well they go after the saturday people and the sunday people and so i would really urge people to really look a bit more deeply do your homework read the stuff do your research get the documentation you know don't be spoon-fed um, all, again, all these channels that are out there at the moment, they have such a following. And you'll notice under their videos, a lot of Muslims are commenting on there with, you know, with the same kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, of course, because that's what Islam believes. You right. Know, well, have their own eschatology with the one eye calling that creature the Dajjal. It's like they've, they've somehow managed to penetrate this doctrine in the West and people are just taking it, you know, it's like they're eating it up. Well, and that's one thing that we discovered doing the the series with Lloyd was that uh, the, the neo-Nazis and the Islamists had the exact same laundry list of talking points that they shared. And when one group got cornered and couldn't use their, their bogus arguments anymore, the other group instantly switched arguments also. So it was clear that they were in cahoots in the background, you know. So and then you look at like the Grand Mufti of uh, Palestine and and uh, Hitler and this stuff. Let me see if I can find some of these images here. But uh, Hitler and the Grand Mufti were working together. And, uh, you know, but they don't want people realizing that these connections are very strong between uh, the Nazis and uh, Islam. You know, I'm yeah. trying to show uh, some, some more of these images on screen here. But, um, you know, so this stuff is all played down. And here's, uh, here's another one, uh, the, the Grand Mufti with his uh, Nazi Islamic troops. You know, so this stuff is available. Here's the 
Uh, Waffen SS 13th Hanjar Division from Bosnia. Now, I used to live in Yugoslavia, and these guys were considered the most evil of all, and they massacred tens of thousands of Serbs. But uh, this is the Bosnian Muslim Hanjar, Waffen SS 13th Hanjar Division, and, uh, you know, all, all praying to Mecca. So, you know, why is why are these strong connections between the Nazis and Islam so covered up? Yeah, it's a spirit behind it, but unfortunately, it's very um, it's a growing movement. That's how I see it. You know, that we you know we keep talking about never again. It's still going on. It ain't stopped. It's just that the people who were un, like defenseless are actually defending themselves. So that's the only thing that's changed. And earlier you touched on the Baphomet and that, uh, that was one of the things that I was researching last summer. And I came across this Baphomet, Mahomet connection with the Knights Templars. And I was flabbergasted. I was like, flipping heck, that's crazy. And I did a video, I haven't uploaded it on YouTube. It's still on Facebook. I need to upload that. But when I heard you mention it, you and uh, Lloyd de Jong, it was like, it's, it's so clear, isn't it? There's, there is this clear connection there. And people are very quick to say, oh, Baphomet, you know, it's a part of the, the Masonic. Yeah, but it's connected to Islam. But why won't we talk about it? Right. And I'm showing that on screen there from the Oxford English Dictionary so everybody can see that. It's there. It's been... It's been <sighs> It's been written in histories there, but it's somehow it's like it's forgotten about, or people didn't run with it. It wasn't newsworthy, or it's just we're so desensitized because of this terror that is sort of spread, and it was around long before 9/11. But it's like we're desensitized, and we're looking for no, it can't, you know, it can't be that obvious. It is. It's right there. If you well, look at the maps online of the Khilafa or the Caliphate, right. You see the maps and the logos. You mean like California? Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, I've heard of that one as well. But this theory, they really mean it. You know, they're working towards this Muslim Brotherhood, Hizbutahadi and London, UK. I think they're still a banned organization. They're so dead serious. They have a very eschatological, can't even say it, mindset on the world, you know. But we're not yet decided on end time prophecy because we can't decide when the rapture is going to take place all these things are really sort of distractions in the sense that we're not really looking at what is the threat where is it coming from and i worry that it's going to be too late you know well you know and and what's interesting is like as i interviewed uh pastor pastor christopher manti uh, two or three months ago and he lays out in his videos how Revelation is actually about Islam. And then you have, you know, John talking about the 666, the beast in Greece. In Greek, I mean, it looks just like uh, what the Islamists put on their heads on the bandana, you mm-hmm. know. And so, you know, and it's like, okay, you have a Christian society that falls and then Islam comes in behind and wipes everybody out and kills them off. And so you have the end of times being you know, the fall and then Islam taking over and wiping out all the non-believers. Yeah, and they're working towards it. You know, this, um, obviously we know there's a spirit behind it. We know that Satan has, Satan has to, think about this for a minute, you guys. Satan has to come up with an army that is willing to fight and to kill, to support him. He's ha- he needs an army He needs a group of people who are so fervent, very zealous for him. So what I think has happened is that he has concocted this religion to set them up to oppose the return of the Lord Jesus. Because there are verses in the Bible and the Holy Scriptures from the minor prophets to the major that are very explicit in the sense that they're showing us where the judgments of God are coming. And yes, he's going to be judging Israel too. Yes, his people are going to go through a very difficult time. But that does not mean that he that nation is going to be completely and utterly annihilated. No, that kind of judgment is reserved for specific Islamic nations mentioned in the Bible. What are we going to do with that? Are we, how are we going to make Germany fit in the word of God where it doesn't fit? 
All this self-loathing, anti-American, is anti-Western stuff. It needs to stop. It's to our detriment. Wow. You know, and I got into a conversation a week or two ago with somebody, and they were, you know, America's terrible. Um, you know, we need anarchy, all of this stuff. You know, and people need to stop and think and use an iota of intelligence to realize that, you know, the whole hate America rhetoric, you know, don't be patriotic, don't support your country or anything, that only works to our enemies. Yeah. You know, that doesn't help the United <laughs> States at all. It helps us be taken over. It helps the collapse of our society. But, you know, and you see it with these, you know, leftist college, air quotes, educated uh uh, kids coming, you know, uh, that stream out of college with all of these communist and anarchist views or, you know, whatnot. But they're so full of this immature hatred toward their own country. And they don't realize that those beliefs, those uh, ideologies only work to our nation's detriment and for us to be conquered and taken over. So people uh, really need to wake up to this agenda and not be such, you know, simpleton, such simpletons in their thinking. And, you know, most people don't even realize that there are things like social engineering out there, mind control, essentially, that uh, promote the end of our own culture and our own, own civilization, whether it be the 60s psychedelic drug culture or, you know, uh, anarchy or Antifa or, you know, uh, all the way down to these idiotic coexist bumper stickers, you know, and, and, and people actually, you know, they, they don't have the wherewithal to study the different religions to know what they actually mean. So they think that they can summarize it all on the, in a cliche bumper sticker on the back of their Toyota Prius or Subaru, you know, which is almost always who has those things. And but when you actually get in and you read the Tasfir, the Hadith, or the Quran, et cetera, and you study these things, you realize that Islam is not compatible with any other religion, with any other belief system. You know, they worship will, not truth, like Christians do. They don't follow logos. So these ideals are are wholly incompatible, and they're not. You know, something that you can fit in a cliche little bumper sticker on the back of your car. You know, the only one that does make sense is the NRA's version of that same bumper sticker where it's all in guns and ammunition saying, you know, coexist. Because, you know, like they say, Samuel Colt was the great equalizer of men, right? Everybody was equal because they could defend themselves against tyranny and takeover. You know, and of course, we have this whole push against, you know, being able to defend yourself and gun control. Like in England, you know, where you're from, you you have no right to defend yourself any longer. You know, it, yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, recently we had those um, that incident on London Bridge, and um, it took the public to go and somehow disarm this guy who had a knife and was injuring. Obviously, two people had died. The police were about, and this guy was tagged. You know, and it's not like I'm, you know, saying that there's more that could have been done on that particular day, but there wasn't enough done, I don't think. And I think it's still not being done, you guys. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, people stop giving up your rights, stop giving up your guns, your knives. I mean, you have this Islamic mayor of London who wants to ban knives now. And, you know, it's like, okay, so what they're doing is they're, emasculating and infantizing the entire population. And then you see the left, which Islam is the left here, promoting these same ideologies here. Who does it benefit? Are, are we going to be able to defend ourselves against Islam and a jihad if we're all disarmed? You know, yeah, when, and when you, when you get that the left is Satanism and that they worship Baphomet and that Baphomet is Muhammad, when do you make the connection to realize that it's Islam that is the real threat? It's not 14 million Jews that it's that's the threat. It's 1.8 billion Muslims. You know. But that's you know we don't need to you know worry about that you know that's right. Well, you know, well, you know, Islamists are brown people, so therefore they don't have the money or the intelligence or anything. You know, they live in caves with box cutters. That's the that's the argument, right? 
Yes, but the research shows when you really, like you said, when you really follow the money, where does it lead you? It doesn't lead you to Israel, <laughs> lead you to the Arabian Peninsula. And that's the problem. And no one is willing to talk about it because we've got too much at stake. You know, everyone has a price. That's what I've realized. And these princes and kings really do control things. That's what my research is showing me. Anyhow. Absolutely. Yep. And Qatar and Saudi Arabia are the largest contributors. They they control the uh, yes. American universities and whatnot. Yes. And you get yes. all this nonsense that it's the Jews. And Lloyd and I did a couple of shows exposing the actual money versus the nonsense claims by these people who never support, you know, supply any evidence of their claims. We showed the actual numbers on screen, you know, uh, follow, you know, in our in our series. Uh, I forget what it was called now, but following the money or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and showing who actually funds the lobbyist groups, the universities, et cetera. And it was not Israel. The Israel funded biotech, you know, what was it, like $34 million or something. And then there was hundreds of billions yeah. of dollars being funded by Islam. There was no comparison. Mm -hmm. Well, they also fund the building, rebuilding, renovation of mosques around the world. And again, um, this, you know, it's hard to talk about this without people who don't understand the dynamics to make you feel as though you are, you know, putting the blame on, on this group of people. We're talking about the religion. It's, it's indoctrination. It's an ideology. So we're, we have every right to scrutinize and to use critical thinking, you know, critical thinking. You know, my goodness, are we not allowed to do that? Whenever these mosques are funded, and, you know, in the Islamic mindset, or let's say in the jihadist mindset, you're claiming territory for, for Islam, let's say for the kingdom of Islam. It's not just, oh, you know, let these people build a mosque, it's their house of worship, you know, it's all hunky-dory. Because, of course, that's what the tolerant West does. We're very welcoming. We're very sort of turn the other cheek. But well, and that's taken out of context as, as well, too. That was back when people wiped with their left hand and say you turn the other cheek. But that's a whole other discussion that's taken out of context. Um, let me see. Somebody had uh, post. OK, it was a Christian princess said the other issue is that people are trying to minister and talk about these things. But governments are being infiltrated by Muslims who are subverting our laws. That's very true. Yeah, Christian princess, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you see, now, the very thing that they are accusing the Jews of are the very things that Islam has been doing for a long, long time, you see. They will say, you can't you can't talk about Muslims. Like, who's talking about Muslims? We're talking about Islam here. Right, yeah, exactly. Oh, well, it's it's hate speech, don't you know? Yeah. Right? It's I like, mean, it's, it's like me having an apostate, Muslim, a, a now Christian on here, would be considered by these leftists as hate speech because you and I dare to speak the truth of this, you know, and we dare to show on screen how their idiotic Talmud quotes are bogus, you know, but as long as, you know, and having a show, as long as you promote, you know, and me being duped, having thought that those those quotes were true, as long as I promoted that stuff, I would get large donations, you know, and right. as soon as you start telling the truth, you get attacked for it, you know, and, and it took me, you know, months of research and, you know, 15 shows with Lloyd and four with Todd to wake up to realize that this was the agenda. And, you know, I appreciate uh, people hitting the super chat and supporting the show and donating because we can't do it without your support. You know? It's really important. I think it's so important. You know, our voice is in the minority. We are the underdog here. You know, it's not like we're trying to really influence public opinion because we have some sort of gain, you know, out of this. This is because we are concerned. We love our nations. We love the people. We love the Lord Jesus. And if we really, really read the word of God, we know what's what's happening and we need to be prepared. A lot of people are not prepared. When I went out against this um this narrative that's out there about, you know, the Jews and the Talmudists and all this Kabbalah stuff, I found out, well, there's a lot of Islamic influence within Kabbalah anyway. How about in Hassani, Sabah, and again, you know, Sabbatai, Zevi and all of this stuff. These are these are clearly Islamic, right? Yeah. <laughs> the Noahide laws, I researched that. 
I must have been. Oh my goodness! Can can you believe it's the foundation of the Ten Commandments? So we're supposed to believe that the Jews are evil because of the Noahide laws, and they'll say, well. You know, it's got that one clause in there about idolatry, so that could be used against Christians. And it's like, all right, so that's the threat with 14 million Jews, or you know, like 14.5 million Jews in the whole world versus 1.8 billion Muslims. Do the math on that, you know. Right. Like, it's, it's really, when you really research this claim that they're making about this law being passed in U.S. Congress, it's not. It's no such thing. I did the documentation. I put them under my video. I was not prepared. I was not prepared for the attacks that were going to come after that. I had people from that certain news channel, because <clears throat> they're all news channels, aren't they? True the channels. They came on my channel, little me, so insignificant. There was nobody else out there talking against it. This is last uh, April, I think, in the spring. And they came on my channel to tell me how uneducated, uninformed I was. 100, 128 times more Muslims there. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> they came and they, all their followers came and left all these nasty comments saying, Hasbara, you know, Mossad, um, I'm not really an ex-Muslim. I was I was so shocked. I had no idea. Then I thought, you know what, there is something. Well, they're, they're going to use Takia to cover up anything that we say. I mean, they're, they're going to be lying about our conversation as soon as they can you know and i was so upset I, w I went and did another video after that i went hold on who do you think you're talking to i know my stuff i've done my research don't tell me about you know i don't know i am well informed before i go and put out this content on there hoping hoping that somebody would listen you know it's, it's like going for the lost sheep isn't it that one lost sheep the one out of the ten Right. Yeah. Or even out of a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to completely convert everyone's mindset. Of course not. A lot of these things are very deeply ingrained, you know, for centuries. My goodness, you know, but there are some of them who are aware, you know, that we've got this, um, this brother out there within the um, apologetics community. He's called Christian Prince. That's his alias. The amount of people that phone him up from the Muslim community. And he's so good at, He's apologetics, but he does not hold back. He just, because you, you have to meet like with like sometimes, you know. Right. You can't just well, be all. You know, you know. the, the issue is, is that, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's these members of the GDL, the Goyam Defense League, or the KKK, or the neo-Nazis, or Islam. They all have the same agenda, and they will all stoop to all manner of lies. But the thing that they can't stand is any manner of truth being out there. And, you know, Lloyd and I put all the citations right on screen for everyone to fact check. So what did they do? It became doing everything to, they could to undermine our, our credibility. You know, mm -hmm. and they would put these bogus uh, YouTube videos out and they would show like one line from the Talmud and say, see, we proved Jan and Lloyd are, go are, uh, are Jew shills, you know, and they would just show this one line while omitting the whole discussion, like I showed on screen earlier. And, um, <clears throat> you know, they cannot stand verifiable information. So they have to lie, discredit, distort, deflect, use all of these tactics. You know, so that's the whole agenda. You're getting lots of uh, compliments in the uh, chat there. Oh, praise the Lord. That's awesome. <laughs> and also another thing I was going to say was that this um, – What's going on in the Middle East right now is, is absolutely a mess. The Middle East is a mess. And anytime anybody wants to talk about it, it's very difficult because it's very complicated. We've got a situation right now where Turkey is rising its ugly head. And I've been saying this for I don't know how many years. Keep your eyes on Turkey. It wants to revive the Islamic Khalifa or the Caliphate, if you like. It's happening right now. People are still worried about blinking... I don't know, let's say this one world religion, apparently it's not a one world religion, friends. It's not a one world religion coming. There's no way that Islam is here to coexist. What makes you think they're here to coexist? Well, they'll make an yeah. initiative. They'll come in agreement, of course, with Judaism, you know, even supporting them to rebuild the temple. But they're not doing it because they want to coexist. They're here to dominate, to subjugate the Pope. Yes, they need to subjugate him. Have you noticed every time it's him, the Pope, going over to the Middle East? 
Yeah. He's and then he's, he's down and kissing their feet and stuff too, you know, which kissing is a sign of submission. It's ridiculous. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, he's sold out the, you know, the Vatican and the Christian church. And, you know, this is the last thing that they need to be doing. Islam, how many times did the Islamists attack the Vatican? I, for, I forget, you know, but they did 500 invasions into Europe. I think they attacked the Vatican five or seven times, something like that. I forget. You know, they but it's, to, read, um, read, read a history book, you know, and then what are the, you know, the Muslims cry poor victim of the Christian Crusades because the Christians attacked the Middle East 12 times and King Jan of Poland started the whole thing to push the Muslims out of Europe because they attacked Europe 500 times and took millions of European slaves. Yeah. You know, millions. All the, they got all the way up to Iceland, Ireland, Poland, you know, all the way up through before something was finally done about it. And people need to wake up and stop this, you know, leftist emotional, uh, you know, uh, thinking by emotion garbage. Because, you know, if you're if you're thinking with emotion rather than facts and doing real research and understanding what your opponent believes then you're going to be duped and you're going to be a fool. It's not, you know, primacy of consciousness. Oh, we're all one and you're just bringing this on yourself if you don't believe that they're just a reflection of you. No. Actually, everyone has the right to exist and they have the right to their own agency and their own actions. And mm -hmm. everybody is not a reflection of you. You know, and it's yeah. like if somebody pulls a gun and sticks it to your head and pulls the trigger, you're going to be sitting there going, oh, well, my primacy of consciousness crap didn't work. You know, yeah. I'm just going to oh, meditate and go, amana, 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 and they're going to vanish and go, oh, you know, we just need a hug. You know, it's like these these dumb hippies that go out into the forest and hug a bear and get mauled to death. You know, it's like, come on, wake up. And it's not only just people like you and I speaking against, you know, this ideology that's out there that's very dangerous it's, there are people within the muslim community that are moderate let's say they what they're looking at this extremism or this is getting out of hand it's getting out of control this anti-zionist language is anti-jewish stuff they're speaking out against their own people so what we could do is at least give them a bit more of a platform these moderates that are out there saying we don't no 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 we don't want this we just want to coexist there's only a few of them that are out there so it's not like we're painting them all with the same brush. We're saying, no, this is a takeover, you guys. It's the military, ideological, religious takeover. What are we going to do? Just sit around and wait for it to happen? Oh, well, you got to just, we got to just sit there and keep looking at the scapegoat over at the Jews and forget about, you know, what's coming over the back wall and through the back door. Yeah, the Holy One of Israel is returning, you know, and he said, that nation or that city will be surrounded by armies is coming. And what are we going to do then? Because these people group are going to go into captivity again. And now uh, it makes sense now because the world perception is turning against this group of people. And so it does fit with the biblical scriptures that we are to expect this to happen. But those of us who, who really are seekers of truth, we, we won't be silenced, you know. We've got a mouth. Everything that we have that God has given us to use, let's use it for his glory. Yes, we do do it in love. This is out of love we're doing it. It's not because of hate. It's a concern, you know. When you've got mad dogs running in your house, you're not going to go, oh, come on now, shoo, shoo. Oh, these doggies just need a, they just need a hug, you know, and then what, you know, it's like, oh, well, let's get rid of borders. It's like, well, why don't you leave the front door off of your house? You know, it's, why don't yeah. you let everybody come in and steal your stuff? You know, that's there's the, a, that's the yeah. mentality of it. I believe there's a, there's a potential threat coming down south, isn't there, from the Mexican border? Because we, I do, I think I came across something that said Hezbollah has been done in Mexico and we're a bit concerned about that that they could potentially be coming in because it is a threat. And I don't know if, if Trump's policies are taking that into consideration, but there's, there's a, a very high number of Mexican men who are converting to Islam. And I'm thinking, what, what strain of Islam are they converting to, <laughs> you know? So that's a concern. Leopold Lasic says Christian women in Bosnia used to have cross tattoos so the Turks couldn't take them to harem. 
so much for white privilege. Yeah, you know, and that's another thing is most white slaves out, you know, from the Slavic countries, and I used to live in Yugoslavia and Serbia where, you know, I wasn't allowed to ever go to Bosnia at the time, but uh, the war, but, um, you know, they don't talk about how most of the slaves or many of the slaves uh, that came out of the uh, Slavic countries were sold into the Islamic countries. You know, that's a big hush-hush yeah. too. Slavery is still happening. It's still going on. Who said it's over and done with? It's still it's thriving in the Middle East. Saudi Arabia is building a kingdom on the backs of slaves. They've got immigrants coming in from mostly Asian countries that go there thinking that they've landed a really good contract. Their passports are confiscated. They're given jobs that are not the very jobs that they made application for, and they're stuck. There's about 2 million Christians in Saudi Arabia, yes. And what, you know, are we turning a blind eye? Yes, we are. We keep doing it over and over and over again. You know, we do have a responsibility to speak out against this. Yeah, we will be persecuted for it. It's all right. You know, if that's the worst that we're going to have to deal with, it's better than having your head chopped off, isn't it? Right. We've got those freedoms here. Let's use them for good. You know, I think the Lord is going to ask us one day, what did you do with what you knew? Did you speak out for the voiceless? Did you defend the defenseless? What most, you know, what I find ironic is that most people who whine, bitch, and complain about the freedom, about their freedom to whine, bitch, and complain, is that they don't grasp that the two things where their freedom derived to do so came from, one, the Bible, and two, guns, and being able to keep people, you know, keep your enemies at bay, you know, and so it's these two things that keep us free, you know? And so what does the left always want to take away and ban the Bible and guns, you know, and then free speech to go along with it. Mm -hmm. Thank you again, Steve. Uh, and he says to blue, blue eyed people are so they're, they're so killable, right? You know, <laughs> that's the thing, you know, and, and please everyone show your love and support, please support the show. Uh, obviously, we've been on the backup channel because of the false uh, uh, copyright claims filed by Steve Outram against the primary channel. Hopefully, we'll get the back, you know, the primary channel on soon. Uh, <laughs> at least by February 1st, it will be back on, but hopefully we'll be able to broadcast there again soon. But thank you, everyone, for your love and support. You know, Sonia, did you have more you want to add before uh, we wrap up for tonight? I'm thinking that, you know, regardless of how much evidence we put out, the documentation, I think people will still choose belief over facts, you know, but there are some of them who are willing to have their beliefs shaken, you know, and I think we need to continue to talk about these things. It's important. Um, I think it's educational, it's very enlightening, you know, and it's okay if we upset and ruffle a few feathers, my goodness, if that's the worst, you know, that's absolutely fine. I've had two of my videos removed from YouTube because I spoke out regarding who really controls the media. And I said it wasn't the Jews, it was... <laughs> and those two videos were withdrawn. So I, I understand... I'm aware I, I had an argument over that same topic with this person I mentioned earlier today, you know, and she wrote a, a famous book on the uh, control of American education. It's a black and red book. If, uh, you know, for those of you who want to put two and two together, you can figure it out. But, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, and her, going her, against the grain is difficult. You know, when you're going upstream, it's, it's not easy. But when there's two or three of us like this out there, we're a small team, but it's absolutely fine. You know, God is with us. You know, he, God is the God of the underdog. <laughs> That's what I believe. He's there for the minorities, you know. And, you know, stand up and be counted, friends. You know, Christians, whatever skills you've got, all your usual resources for good. Don't be afraid. Don't be, there's nothing to be fearful about. You know, we... It's very nerve-wracking talking out against, you know, such topics like this because I'm very mindful that there are a lot of people out there who want to see me dead. I'm absolutely aware of that, you know. But, um, you know, we do what we can, you know, for the right reasons. 
Right, exactly. Well, Sonia, I'd love to have you back on sometime soon. I really appreciate you coming on. I really enjoyed this. Thank you ever so much. Really appreciate it. Since you're in Southern California, maybe one day we'll have to get together and do a, a live show face-to-face -face or something. Yeah, that would be good. Yes. So, all right. Well, thank you, uh, everybody. Thanks for your support in the chat. Please support the show, logosmedia.com. Sonia, you want to give out your... Uh, channel do you have a website too here's here's uh sonia's i don't have here. a website no uh, might be something i'll have to work on in the future but i just have this channel at the moment it's not very hasn't been around a long time it's um sonia has them seven and yep. it's um it's up there yeah i post not as often as i want to but yeah i'm my best to post up regularly great well thank you so much and uh, we'll get you back on soon and i really appreciate your time tonight Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for watching as well. All right. Good night, everybody. See you next time. Um, I'm not sure who we're having on next week. I'll figure it out. Talk to you then. Bye-bye.